Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for online uh, church today. Um, having looked at the book of Daniel and drawn that series to a close, uh, we're going to start a, a new series on the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. If you read through, I think it's really interesting, you read through uh, the sayings that Jesus says from the cross in various gospels, they come to seven in total, and each one of them I think is really profound. Um, and so we're going to start this morning with Luke 23, 34, perhaps the most famous thing Jesus said from the cross, uh, which is his first saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm going to pray and then we're going to look at this together. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for what it speaks to us as individuals, to us as a community. We thank you it is the centrepiece of our faith and that we can never stop being amazed by it. I pray that as we look at these things that you said from the cross, it would inspire us to live better, to live deeper, to get a new revelation. We thank you that we can never stop being blown away by the sacrifice that you made, that there's always new layers and levels and angles to look at the cross from. So won't you inspire us by the power of your Holy Spirit as we do this together. In your name we ask. Amen. The most powerful funeral talk I have ever heard was also probably the most difficult to give or to prepare, I imagine. Um, so the deceased was, he was a very complex man. He was generous. He was full of love and life. He always wore a smile and always, always, always had a good story to tell. No matter where you met him, he always had got a good story to tell about some famous person he'd met or knew or an adventure he'd been on. Fantastic storyteller, wonderfully gregarious um, and, and generous man. Uh, but sadly, uh, his addiction got the better of him and he passed away far, far too young. And I was at his funeral, the place was, was packed and the minister led us through the hymns and the eulogies and the things that you normally have at the funeral. And then the minister did something that I've never seen done at a funeral, which was he gave the congregation a chance to forgive the man who died. And we held this moment's silence as the congregation were given the opportunity to do that. Man, it was it was powerful. Because this guy, as I said, was very complicated. He was uh, a very complex guy. He'd, he'd got so many wonderful characteristics, but he'd also made many mistakes. He'd most of them due to his addiction, but he had let people down. He'd he'd been human. He'd hurt many of the people closest to him. And instead of the minister pretending that now that he's graduated to glory that none of this matters or instead of trying to paper over the cracks I suppose instead of trying to say oh now that he's passed away we should just forgive about those those flaws or those past experiences that hurt no the minister gave the congregation and especially this guy's family a chance to forgive him and he could almost feel and see the relief on the family because they were carrying so much sadness and grief at the loss of a loved one, but they'd also got this pent-up frustration, understandably so, and the minister had given them a chance to acknowledge it. Taught me two things. Taught me, one, that we are all human, and we all hurt each other. And this guy who, who I thought was so fantastic and everything had had his flaws. 
and maybe they were displayed a bit more publicly than than most of us have to have to go through. We are all human and we all hurt each other, maybe intentionally, maybe not. And the second thing it taught me was that we all need to forgive because otherwise it just messes us up. If we're carrying around stuff in our in our hearts against other people, then the only person it messes up is us. Uh, the, what's the famous saying? That bitterness is drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And it's true. You read stories, don't you? Corrie ten Boom, she, she meets the prison guard years after she's got out of the death camp of Nazi Germany and this prison guard who's tormented her and she comes to being able to forgive him. Amazing. Pope John Paul II, I saw a photo of him this week, forgiving the man who tried to kill him. And there's this wonderful image, you can Google it, of, the, of Pope uh, JP2 like, in the prison cell with his would-be assassin. How can they do this? How can these people who have suffered so much and got all this anger and resentment, I'm sure, how can they let it go? Jesus' words on the cross have to speak to us. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I feel if we're going to learn to forgive, if we're going to learn to hold things lightly, if we're going to learn not to bear grudges, one of the things we need to do is to acknowledge the humanity in everyone. I don't know if you've ever heard, picked up on this language, but but if you've been wrongly hurt or if uh, someone's messed you up, then you, you often use language that dehumanises them. You almost portray them as this kind of evil monster that couldn't possibly do anything wrong. And you, you depersonalise them, you dehumanise them because you're so angry at them. And one of the things Jesus does, says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Jesus is willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even though these are the guys who've just nailed him to the cross, he's in unspeakable agony, but he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus acknowledges that the people who have done this are human, that they make mistakes, that they do things that they don't really mean to do or want to do or have been forced to do. Jesus could have been speaking about the soldiers or the crowd. He could have been speaking about the systems. He could have been speaking about Pilate. Forgive them. Forgive them all for all of them. They don't really know what they're doing. Jesus acknowledges that these people are still human. Forgive them. They don't know what they do. And if if you've been wronged, if you feel that you've got stuff in your heart that you need to let go of, if you feel you've got this unforgiveness and anger and resentment, remember that we are all human. We are all made in the image of God. And sometimes, especially for little things, give them the benefit of the doubt. Imagine you're in their shoes, walk a mile in their shoes. Can you put yourself in their perspective and see it from, can we, can we acknowledge, if nothing else, that we are all human and all made in the image of God? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. But it's easy to say that and then pretend like none of it matters. And this is difficult because the, Jesus is hanging on the cross. But he doesn't say, Father, forgive them because it doesn't really hurt that much. Jesus doesn't say, oh, Father, forgive them because, to be honest, this crucifixion malarkey isn't as bad as it's all cracked up to be. No, it's not diminish the hurt and the pain that it has caused. Jesus tells a wonderful story about forgiveness. Peter comes up to Jesus and says, God, Lord, how often should I forgive someone? If someone sins against me seven times. Now, at this point, Peter is is coming across fairly generous because the Torah would suggest that maybe it's only two or three. Um, Peter's like, well, maybe seven times. 
Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date. In the process, one of his debtors who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't play, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, and I will pay it. Then the master was filled with pity for him, and he released him, and he forgave his debt, this debt of millions and millions of pounds. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. The other man said, be patient with me and I'll pay it. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king sent for his servants and said, you evil servant, I forgave that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Now, in the story, I've often heard it preached that Because God has forgiven us so much, the millions of dollars, then of course we should forgive what others have done against us. I think that's a very fair reading of the story. But too often in those same sermons, they've belittled belittled the pain. They've said, oh, you should forgive because it doesn't really matter. Because in the light of what God has forgiven you for, it doesn't matter. I don't think that's the point of the story. Just remember that this servant, is owed thousands and thousands of pounds. Yes, it might not be the millions that he owed the master, but it's still thousands and thousands of pounds. We shouldn't diminish the pain that others have caused us. We shouldn't brush it under the carpet and pretend, oh, it doesn't matter, and so I just forgive you, it doesn't. Often we just do that because we're lying to ourselves. We try and pretend it doesn't, but deep down we know it does. No, Jesus says it's okay for it to hurt. But even though they owe you thousands, even though it's a sizable amount, still forgive. Father, forgive them. Not because it doesn't hurt, not because it's unimportant. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus hands it back to God. I think we need to do two things. I think we need to acknowledge the humanity in others. We need to remember that everyone is human and makes mistakes. And there are times we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. There are also times we need to acknowledge the humanity in us, that we find it so hard to forgive. As the famous quote says, to err is human, to forgive divine. We need to acknowledge that we can't do this ourselves. We need to acknowledge that we're human and we can't forgive out of our own strength. We can't muster it in ourselves to say it doesn't matter when it clearly does. No, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. We take our hurt and our pain to God and we find a father with his arms open. We remember the millions that we have been forgiven. We receive the mercy for the stuff that we've done wrong. And out of that place, that's why John Paul II could forgive. It's why Corrie ten Boom could forgive. It's not something that they've mustered up and convinced themselves it didn't matter. No, they've experienced the forgiveness love of God. And even though it hurt and even though it was painful and even though it was a big deal and it mattered, even then... They can say, I forgive you. I release you. I let it go. I will let God judge this. I don't need to anymore. The other famous quote about forgiveness is when you forgive someone, it's like you unlock the prison door and you realise that it was yourself who was the prisoner. We are loved unconditionally by God. We're still hurt by others. We're still human, intentionally or unintentionally. We still mess each other up. 
So let's keep coming back to God. Receive forgiveness for ourselves in order that we can forgive others, not because it doesn't hurt, not because it doesn't matter, but because of the love and forgiveness we have received from him allows us to take our pain and give it back to God and say, you deal with it. You be the judge. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I pray that would be a mark of us as individuals and us as a church. God, this morning we bring before you our pain, frustration, hurt, regret. We leave it at the cross. We say, God, you deal with this. We don't want to hang on to it anymore. So we relinquish the right to judge. We give it back to you. Won't you help us forgive? Won't you bring us healing and peace in the place of bitterness and anger? In Jesus' name. Amen.